the message of the 15th of Av, the importance of Jewish family, Jewish unity, love between Jew and Jew, and Jews celebrating love between wife and husband. All this became deeply ingrained in Jewish consciousness. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 81, The End of Judges and the 15th of Av. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. During the depressing height of the pandemic, an article appeared in VIN News that was incredibly inspiring. It described how certain Israelis who had open spaces next to their homes were reaching out to couples that sought to get married in an open space and were making those couples' dreams come true. Quote, Most Israelis can only afford to live in small apartments, and even the larger ones do not boast large gardens. However, some Israelis have such courtyards and gardens, and recently, despite the obvious fear of infection, they sought to help those who wanted to get married but could not conduct large affairs due to coronavirus restrictions. Numerous couples have been forced to postpone or cancel weddings due to the various restrictions, which at present prevent people from marrying in wedding halls. Tiki Avrahami, a cosmetician, and her husband, Roni, a gardener, live in Moshav Shapir, situated between Kiryat Malachi and Ashkelon. Avrahami told the Mariv newspaper that when she heard stories of couples without a place to get married, her girls wrote a Facebook post in which they took pictures of their spacious courtyard and invited people to get married there for free. Their only request was to clean the courtyard afterwards. Soon afterwards, a young couple, Shira Barak and Niria Sapir, from Petah Tikva and Ravava in Samaria, took them up on their offer and their wedding took place there on June 1st, end quote. It is a beautiful story. In the face of disease, Israelis quarantined themselves but opened their courtyards to others. And in those courtyards, chuppahs were erected, transforming that small section of a holy land caught in a crisis into a spot of sacred soil suffused with joy. The tale highlights the bond between Jews and also how important weddings are to Jews. And rightly understood, it is this bond and this love of weddings that also lies at the heart of a much earlier celebration of Jewish marriage that also took place in an open space, the day known as the 15th of Av, whose origin hopefully allows us to end our study of the Book of Judges with a spark of inspiration. Before turning to the 15th of Av, we must first study one of the most violent and shocking stories in the entire Bible. We have seen how in Judges, the tales have gotten progressively more depressing. First, many tribes fail to rally to Devorah's call, then Gideon destroyed an Israelite city. Then Avimelech, Gideon's son, murdered his own brothers. Then Yiftach and his tribe Menashe battled against another tribe, Ephraim. And then Samson, Israel's hero, was done in by his desire for pagan women. It is hard to imagine that it can get worse, but it does. First in Judges, we are told of a man named Micha who creates his own religion, a syncretism of biblical Levitical priesthood and idolatry, which draws a multitude to sin. And then the book concludes with the most gruesome story of all. The tale begins by describing a Levite who, with his concubine, stays overnight at the home of a Benjaminite in the town of Giva. In a parallel to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Israelite residents of Giva surround the house and seek to force themselves on the visiting Levite, and his concubine is given over instead. She is horrifically violated and dies as a result. The Levite, hiding how he is himself complicit in what has happened to the woman, since pieces of her body throughout Israel to tell of the Benjaminites' crime. This disturbing detail highlights how far Israel has come and how much it has fallen from the beginning of the book of Judges. Remember, the book begins with the amputation of fingers from an enemy of Israel. And now at the book's ending, the body of an Israelite woman is being further desecrated following death, 
thereby setting the stage for the violence that will follow. News of this moral crime becomes known throughout the land, Judges 1930, and it was so that all that saw it said no such deed was done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt to this day. Consider of it, take counsel, and speak your minds. The tribes gather Midan Ad Be'er Sheva from the north to the south to punish Benjamin. Chapter 20, verse 12. And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribes of Benjamin, saying, What wickedness is this that is done among you? Now therefore deliver us the worthless men who are in Givah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brothers, the children of Israel. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities of Givah, who numbered 700 chosen men. War is about to begin. And note, ladies and gentlemen, what the Bible emphasizes about who leads Israel in this civil war. Verse 18. And the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. The assault on Benjamin is led by Judah, who we expected to see at the head of every war against the people's enemies. But only now, against other Israelites, does Judah unify the tribes for battle. And though God does tell Judah to lead, the Almighty is apparently angry at all Israel for its many sins, because there are terrible casualties in this war on both sides. But ultimately, Benjamin is defeated and almost entirely destroyed. We thus find a most profound and painful irony. The one time in the entire book of Judges that unity amongst the people of Israel is achieved is when 11 tribes unite to destroy the 12th. Of course, the moral outrage against what has occurred is just and punishment is called for. But the episode reveals how profoundly the moral and political equilibrium of Joshua has been undone. Unity among tribes led by Judah, which is slated to ultimately father the leadership, ought to have existed in fighting Israel's enemies. In this, the tribes throughout the book of Judges utterly fail. It was only in fighting their own brethren that Judah successfully leads Israel. The conclusion to the book of Judges is thus a mirror image of the way Joshua comes to a close. Whereas Joshua concludes with the burial of Joseph, the putting to rest both literally and figuratively the first familial feud in Israel, the book of Judges closes with the worst familial feud it has ever known. In Genesis, in the original story of Joseph and his brothers, repentance is achieved, breaches are healed, forgiveness is earned, when one of Jacob's sons, Judah, shows his willingness to give his life for his brother, Benjamin. And now it is Judah that leads an assault, decimating the tribe of Benjamin. The ending of the book of Judges is thus the ultimate undoing of the unity achieved at the end of the Joseph story. The rage of Israel against Benjamin leads the Israelites to further vow never to give their daughters to Benjaminites in marriage, thereby ensuring that the tribe dies out forever. This, however, they suddenly regret. Chapter 21. Now the men of Israel had sworn in Mitzpah, saying, None of us shall give his daughter to Benjamin to wife. And the people came to the house of God and abode there till evening before God and lifted up their voices and wept very bitterly and said, O Lord God of Israel, why has this come to pass in Israel, that there should be today one tribe lacking in Israel? With the possibility of one tribe disappearing forever, the other tribes seek to find a way for Benjamin to marry Israelite women. But what these tribes suggest is also terribly disturbing. The Israelite leaders tell Benjamin that during a festival, when young Israelite women are in the vineyard, they should go and take them as wives, which the Israelites would not consider a violation of their own vow. Thus, a book filled with disunity and a tale at the end of the book of awful violence and civil war 
ends with kidnapping and forced marriages. This is the end of the book of Judges. There is, however, some evidence from Talmudic tradition that what followed immediately after this era was something better, a coming together of Israel. If, and this is debated, the book of Judges proceeds in chronological order, then the story of the concubine of Giva is the last story of the period. And it may be that after this period, there came a moment when the Israelites, in horror at what they had become, suddenly worked to find some semblance of unity. In the Ken Burns documentary on the American Civil War, the historian Shelby Foote reflected on how the bloodshed led to a more unified understanding of the country. In his words, quote, Before the war, it was said the United States are. After the war, it was always the United States is, as we say today without being self-conscious at all. And that sums up what the war accomplished. It made us an is, end quote. That's what Shelby Foote said. And it may be that the horror of the first major Israelite civil war is what, in the generation that followed, leads Israel back from the brink of full fragmentation and secession. If there is evidence of a movement toward unity in the generation that followed this one, it is to be found in the origins of a Jewish day of celebration described in the Mishnah. According to the rabbis, the 15th day of the month of Av became marked as one of the happiest occasions on the calendar. On this day, we are informed, the women of Israel would dance out in the vineyards, and there the men of Israel would come, and shiduchim, matchmaking, would occur between them, freely and willingly on both sides. On that day, year after year, there was to be found the beginnings of many families in Israel, and the watchword for all at that time was the phrase from Proverbs emphasizing what was important in a spouse. Isha yirat Hashem hititalal, a woman who fears God, she is to be truly praised. The Talmud reports that special beautiful clothing would be provided to all the women who could not afford their own, so that no difference would be seen between wealthy women and poor ones, so that no one would be embarrassed. The 15th of Av, in other words, celebrated the formation of Jewish families, but also Jewish unity and responsibility. Why was the 15th day of Av ultimately chosen for this auspicious occasion? The date is not explicitly recorded as an important one in the Bible, and the Talmud offers several suggestions. But one of them is this, that it was on this day, the 15th of Av, that, in the generation that followed the end of the book of Judges, the vow banning marriage with Benjaminites was ultimately abrogated, undone, dissolved. The 15th of Av, in other words, was a day when all the tribes overcame their differences, when it was declared that all Israelite families could form weddings with one another. What this might mean is that after the most awful story in the Bible, in the generation that followed, some coming together and moral improvement occurred. As Ritzvi Sinensky has noted in an article, the matchmaking celebrations of the 15th of Av that emerged is a reversal, the opposite, of the terrible crimes of the last story in Judges. In contrast to civil war, what is emphasized on 15 Av is Israelite unity and equality. And, in the celebrations of 15 Av, it is the women who freely seek and choose whom they wish to marry. What this means is that one of the worst episodes in Jewish history was followed ultimately by at least one small period of something better. It was after the terrible, awful war against Benjamin that Israel, for one important moment, grasped its metaphysical unity and sought to correct the awful path on which it had been. And the message of the 15th of Av, the importance of Jewish family, Jewish unity, love between Jew and Jew, and Jews celebrating love between wife and husband. All this 
became deeply ingrained in Jewish consciousness. And its spirit echoes in the words of Tiki Avrahami, who explained to the press why she opened up her garden during the pandemic for the weddings of others. She said, quote, I put myself in their place. I thought how I would feel if my daughter wanted to get married and didn't have where to go. It was a type of social gesture. I felt that the coronavirus is teaching us a message of giving, that the nation requires love and brotherhood. Despite social distancing, I felt that this was something that I could give and I would be happy to host more couples, end quote. As the book of Judges comes for us to a close, the accepted political ideal among the people is evolving. Soon, few will long for the Federalist Republic of Joshua, which, as we have seen, inspired Americans like Samuel Langdon. After the period of the Judges, many Israelites, rightly or wrongly, will begin to conclude that only monarchy could truly defend the people and unite them. Their sentiment would be captured by the last verse to the book of Judges. In those days there was no king in Israel. Each man did what was right in his own eyes. It is monarchy that will emerge in the book of Samuel, the book we will study next. But as we conclude the book of Judges, a book full of fragmentation, we remember a day of Jewish togetherness, the 15th of Av, whose origins may be found in the generation that immediately followed this period. And we bear in mind all that this day teaches us about Jewish weddings and about the Jewish people. In the year before the pandemic, during one of the many moments when Israel faced a rain of rockets from Gaza, a rabbi in Beersheba took refuge in a bomb shelter and found an entire wedding party that was there and needed a rabbi for the wedding to go forward. Because of the complications of the Jewish calendar, if the wedding did not take place that day, then the couple would have had to wait several weeks. So in the bomb shelter, with the assistance of the rabbi, the ceremony went forward. As Israel 365 News reports, quote, the rabbi did not take the request lightly. The bride and groom were Ashkenazi Jews who traditionally do not marry during the period of the counting of the Omer that extends from Passover until the holiday of Shavuot, which is traditionally a somber period of time not given to festivities. The exception is on Rosh Chodesh, the new moon, which is considered a semi-festival. Since Sunday was the day marking the end of the month of Nisan and the beginning of the month of Iyar, the couple took the opportunity to marry. If the marriage did not take place before sunset, the wedding would have to be delayed for several weeks. The rabbi normally followed the Sephardi custom of not holding weddings in the afternoon, but agreed to deviate from his custom due to the special circumstances. The mother of the bride told the rabbi that her daughter was born during the Gulf War, while Saddam Hussein fired Scud missiles at Israel. End quote. The overcoming of differences between Jews to mark Jewish continuity, the celebration of life, and of the formation of Jewish families. This is what we choose to celebrate as we bring the book of Judges to a close. And we pray right now for Jewish unity and for many more sources of celebration yet to come. This is Mayor Soloveitchik, looking forward to learning together tomorrow, signing off.